Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Kellyanne Conway requires no introduction. She has just published a memoir. It's called Here's the Deal. And here she is. Hey, Kellyanne, thank you so much for being here. I read and enjoyed the book. Oh, thank you. I Listen, it's always a better interview when somebody's actually read the book. And I know yeah. it's a 500-page either... Yeah. Yeah, I'm the guy. I, you've been. I've seen. I've seen you everywhere, and I've watched the interviews. And I said, she didn't read the book. He didn't read the book. I'm the <laughs> one who read the book. Uh, let us begin this way. The only thing that I knew about Atco, New Jersey, before I read the book, was the Speedway. Is the Speedway right. still there? So the Speedway was actually owned by my grandfather. James Di Natale, believe it or not, Michael Smirconish, and it was sold before I was born. The Atco Dragway is still there, and it's kind of world famous. And if I ever tell people I'm from Atco, they immediately mention the Dragway. As far as I know, it's still there. 
And ACO, as you know, South Jersey, wonderful place to grow up, the Delaware Valley. Joe Biden and I were watching the same newscast when I was a kid. I'm still a big Eagles fan, but ACO is roughly 20-some miles from Philly and close to 40 miles from Atlantic City. And it's the part of the New Jersey that gives it the nickname the Garden State. My aunt and uncle had a roadside stand probably 30 yards in front of my childhood home. And, of course, I worked on the blueberry farm for eight summers. It's where I learned the value of hard work and teamwork. I always tell young people, including my kids, although they've not listened to me, get involved in a campaign. Doesn't matter if it's a Democratic campaign or Republic, just get involved in a campaign because I maintain you will learn the geography of an area. You will meet people. You will establish contacts that last a lifetime. And as I read your memoir, that has certainly been the case for you. You have collected friends. You've kept them. Many of them spring from your political roots. It's very true. And I get that comment often from people who have read the book, Michael. They'll say things like, I didn't know that you met Frank once when you were 19 over at Oxford, in Oxford. University. Right. And of course, he introduced me to his friend, Boris Johnson, now the prime yep. minister. I didn't know that you worked for Dick Worthland for $8 an hour, Ronald Reagan's pollster. I didn't realize that this one was your client and that one was your client. So it is true. And I tell people you can you can try to burn bridges or build bridges. And also I tell young people all the time, and Michael, like you, I'm not sure they listen, but I like to hear myself say it. I tell people, young people all the time, Michael, that learn to say yes, raise your hand, volunteer, be the person who becomes reliable and dependable, who's willing to go the extra mile and is seen as such, but willing, be willing to accept and hear the word no more than you say it, especially when you're just starting out. Because if you say yes, if you volunteer, if you if you take on a, a, a new adventure, a new assignment, you just don't know what will unfold in front of you. I think volunteering or working on a campaign is a great idea, as you say, at right, left, or center. For another reason, it really teaches you to advocate for what you believe. You know, campaigns are really you trying to get other people to see what you see in this individual, but really in this individual's issue set and the policy prescriptions he or she are putting forward. And so you learn at a fairly young age to try to bring other people along by telling them what you think. And I also think young people can go in and talk to, to talk to folks in a campaign and basically they're saying, look, I like you and you're like me. We have this connected tissue. We both grew up in this area or I see you at the dog park or the kids playground. I see you in the synagogue, the mosque, the church on the weekend. I see, keep running into your mother at the grocery store. Whatever it is, there's this connected tissue and that we all have it with each other. So rather than bury our heads in our phones at all times so that we memorize the tops of each other's heads, look people in the eye, have a conversation. It takes less than two minutes to figure out what you have in common. Here's my favorite vignette in the book, and I want you to paint the picture. You are living with George at the Trump World Tower. There is, of course, a dispute between the owner and the condo board. You're there. The owner is in the back of the room. Donald J. Trump. And this is where you first met him? It's where I met him and continued the relationship to the present day. We had been in the same rooms here and there, but it was really in the summer of 2006 when Donald Trump was having trouble with the condo board. They wanted to, I think, rip his name off the building, if this sounds familiar later on, rip his name off the building and put some other rules in place. George Conway and a guy named Michael Cohen, yes, that Michael Cohen, uh, really were instrumental in help Donald Donald Trump come over and beat back that that um, I would say you know the the 
the, the trouble that people are trying to cause is what I'll say. And so the next day, Donald Trump calls Michael Cohen, offers him a job in the Trump organization. Michael Cohen goes on to serve in the Trump organization as special counsel and I think an executive vice president of Donald Trump for years. George Conway is offered a seat on the new condo board, and he politely declines and says, I'm not going to do it, but I bet my wife Kellyanne would. And, of course, his wife Kellyanne did. And I got to know Donald Trump, and I was just amazed at his attention to detail. When I showed up at the first condo board meeting, maybe eight or ten of us meant to be there, I hear his booming voice coming down the hallway. I said, there's no way that he, I didn't even know where, if he was here, if he was in Scotland developing a golf course, if he was on the set of The Apprentice, I wasn't expecting to encounter him. But there he was. And I'm told there he always is, with attention to detail about these buildings, of what has to happen. And then we struck up, I would say, a, a cordial friendship where he would call me a, just a couple of times a year to talk about politics. Donald Trump hired me to do a poll in 2011. He thought about, wanted to run against Barack Obama and President Obama's reelection. My poll told him it would be an uphill climb, especially because I thought and said publicly that President Obama had significant advantages going into his reelection that the Romney people never saw, I guess, um, and most of the Republican Party at the time. He had significant advantages going into reelection. But more importantly, I saw in the data, Michael, that people did not take Donald Trump seriously as a candidate until he was a candidate. They said, well, he's Donald Trump. Why in the world would he give but, up all of he, that? But Kellyanne, when he finally when he finally gets in, th- this this was something that I was surprised by. I didn't know that the relationship began that way. I just think it's kind of funny that you're there because you live there and he's there because he owns the building. And it's the origin of this friendship and partnership yes. of yours. But in the 2016 cycle, initially, you were running Ted Cruz's Super PAC. That's right. I made a geographic decision. I had to either go with the Trump campaign, which is headquartered in Manhattan, or the Ted Cruz Super PAC, which was being funded by people who lived in New York. And the geographic decision, of course, is because my kids were small and I'm not going to up, you know, up and go to some other state for a presidential campaign, take them with me or God forbid, leave them behind. I would never do that. So it was a geographic decision. Trump made me an offer. He and Corey Lewandowski made me an offer um, to join the Trump campaign. Early on, I didn't do it, and I, I thought maybe this guy will never do any polling. I was proved wrong. He did lots of polling. He had five pollsters. I was one of them in 2016 before he elevated me to campaign manager. But I'll tell you, um, I think 2016 was the best time for him to run for president. And I know he's been toying and teasing people about it since 1980, Michael, and got a little bit more serious than people realized in 2012. Of course, you know, in 2011, he hired another pollster to do a different poll. That poll showed he could have beat Barack Obama. He liked that poll. But yeah. um, uh, but in 2016, I, I think Donald Trump became the wish fulfillment of what voters had said to pollsters like me for years, which is I want somebody who has a ton of experience but is not tied to Washington, is not a politician. You're thinking, well, who could that be? And it turns out people went for the political outsider because they feel like political outsiders. Do you think that his buttons got pushed that night at the White House Correspondent Association dinner by Obama ridiculing him for Celebrity Apprentice? Would he have run but for that night? I read about that in the Maggie Haberman pieces. And um, I'll say this. That year, President Mr. Trump was already considering running. As I said, I did a poll for him. But I think I think just the sort of the public nature of the of President Obama calling him out, you know, it's supposed to be all fun and games. And uh, I think the people who dole it out sometimes can't take it, frankly. But no, I think it 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 certainly sweetened the deal for Donald Trump. And 2016 was the time to do it. But look at what Donald Trump did. People miss this. He basically did what Ronald Reagan did from the time Reagan lost in 76 until he won in 80. 
President Reagan didn't have Twitter, he didn't have anything like that. But what did he do? He kept going on radio. He kept traveling around the country, kept going on TV. So President Mr. Trump, every Monday morning, would have the standing appearance on Fox and Friends. And what was he talking about, Michael? Illegal immigration, trade, China's eating our lunch. We have to bring manufacturing back. All the things that then he ran on four or five, six years later. So it really shouldn't have surprised anybody what his agenda was. And I think he did what is very hard for politicians right, left, and center to do, which Got is it. take issues and superglue themselves to them. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors over 37,000 companies have already made the move so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite now through April 15th NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program head to netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Ann Coulter introduced you to George Conway. Something yeah. else I learned from the book. Um, something that I th- think something I think that I need to remind my audience, he, too, supported the Trump candidacy. In fact, your husband contemplated serving in a high level position. You say in the book that he was offered the head of civil division at justice. For those who don't know, that is a very big gig. And he hung with Trump even after the grab him by the P tape. I mean, through thick and thin, through the oh, whole campaign, sure. he was there. And then. And I'm so glad that you write about this in such detail, because, of course, we all wanted to know what what the hell was going on. You were caught totally unaware by that first tweet that dealt with a Supreme Court issue. Yes, I have an entire chapter in my book called Here's the Deal. And the chapter is called But George Doesn't Tweet. That's exactly what I said to Sean Spicer as he was coming toward me in early June of 2017 in the White House. At an official uh, event on infrastructure, and he came toward me. He said, "What is this?" And I said, "But George, I, I was very calm." I said, "But George, you thought he'd been hacked." I had been, I thought he'd been hacked, or it was like one of those fake accounts that looks like your account, but it's really not. Because in 2016, Michael, known as the year of the tweet, George Conway sent zero tweets. He's now sent more than 100,000. Um, he didn't just consider taking the civil job, uh, the, the the head of the civil division of the Department of Justice, which is a huge job. He accepted it, and he started hiring interviewing staff, and he went and visited his office many times. So I think it's very important that people do understand that I would never have moved to Washington, and not as a couple, not as a family. We did that together. And George was a superstar partner at a major law firm in New York City for many years. Um, George is a brilliant person, and he wanted to do something different with his life. And he, more than me, was excited to move to Washington. I was reluctant because of the kids' ages. Right. And moving them, moving their schools. But I was also reluctant because I was being very selfish. I was staring at a gold mine of life changing money, including a big offer from your CNN. But um, but, you know, in the end, I'm so, so glad I went into public service. Okay, and I'm so sorry that George changed his mind about me. Further along in the book. This is page 323. What are you doing, George? I asked him plainly and calmly. I got the same answer every time we discussed his newfound love, which was not often. You work for a madman, George would say in a loud, sinister voice as his finger was still on the tweet button. He is not fit to be president and he will destroy this country. What I didn't find in the book was a real come to Jesus conversation between the two of you. And by the way, maybe it occurred and you just didn't want to share it. And I would respect that. But was there ever the mother of all sit downs where you said, like, what the hell is going on here? The mother of all his children never had that courtesy, no. And it's, um, it's very sad to me because, as I write in the book, too, we all, we all choose how we spend our time, Michael. And George is a get-it-done kind of guy. Right. If he, wanted to, you know, if he wanted to get it done, if he wanted to go to counseling, as Ivanka Trump recommended two, two names she put on the post-it and handed to me because she knew I was in pain, um, then we would have done it. So I think that we all choose how we spend our time. I'm very sad about it. Just to make very clear to your listeners, George doesn't owe loyalty to Donald Trump or the Republican Party. He owes loyalty to his vows to me, which is to love, honor, and cherish. And he can change his mind. This is America. People do every day. But I'll never truly understand it. And I'll never understand the the velocity and the ferocity with which, you know, he left a great paying job and, and, you know, spent time away from our family to, to, 
night after night, day after day. Okay. How about this? I'm on the Lincoln Project, and op-eds and whatnot. So how about I, this? You know, Page yeah. 490. Literally the, literally the, and by the way, I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're a, uh, you're a machine gun of soundbite, as someone once said. So I'm, I'm working fast here to get in as many questions as I can. But on the last page of the book, and please don't misunderstand the way in which I'm raising this. I wish good things for Kellyanne Conway, George Conway, and their marriage. But this jumped out at me. Quote, thank you, George T. Conway III. For many happy years and extraordinary memories, your love brought me to marriage and motherhood. Your support of my career allowed me to work and strive and to take my shot in 2016 and to make the move together to Washington, D.C. If I hadn't read the first 500 pages, I might not be thinking this, but it had a note of finality to it. Well, it's meant to be a note of gratitude. And I speak lovingly and nostalgically about George for most of the book because it talks about our courtship, our unlikely um, you know, a love story and then our marriage and raising kids and how funny it was to have all those kids in New York City and, and the like. Um, and I, I also say in the book that democracy will survive and America will survive. I fear that George and I may not survive. I'm very honest about it. And um, I'm more honest about it than people were when they were covering George and me. Our marriage really was not our business. I, I, I fear that there are so many people in the media that don't know anybody who don't hold their points of view, don't date anybody, don't have friends um, who are different than them politically, that they thought this was some kind of lab experiment. Um, this is painful. I write in the book, too, Michael, that, you know, um, people thought, oh, we had made a deal that this is all for this is the Conway show. We made a deal. And I said, if this is a show, please cancel the rest of the season and take me out of the starring role. Nobody even told me we were auditioning. Nobody told me I'd signed up for this. It wasn't a show. This but is Kelly not Ann, can I tell and Mary you, Madeline. Can I tell you as someone who was on the other side of that fence, because I have a recollection of interviewing you about your role coordinating drug policy in the face of fentanyl addiction and yeah. uh, the spike in opioid addiction, et cetera. And you didn't take kindly, by the way, when I asked you what was a totally reasonable question, which was, wouldn't we be better off if they smoke pot? I was trying to get you to get the Trump administration on board with legalization. Anyway, story for another day. I did not ask you about George in that interview, but I wanted to because it was all over the news. And then I thought, nah, she's going to think it's a cheap shot, even though I don't think it's a cheap shot. So I guess my question is, why would it have been inappropriate if I had raised George then? Well, it depends how you raise him. If you're asking why his, you know, why is he tweeting against my boss? It's a great question. But it's also a question for George. So you and George appear on CNN often. And George gets this dispensation from CNN and other places to not talk about Kellyanne Conway, even though he's known as Kellyanne Conway's husband. I quantify that in the book. How many times even the the Washington Post and the New York Times, which were lustily, could not wait for one more George tweet um, to go after his wife, which is weird, sick, um, as if that's going to make miserable people less miserable. Uh, or to go after the president, which, of course, they were doing. And George was on Jake Tapper one day, a close personal friend of his now, um, people should know. And, and George is on Jake Tapper one day, and Jake Tapper says, oh, I'm not going to ask you about, you know, your personal life. I just want to make that clear. You've asked me not to. Why in the world is Kellyanne Conway, senior counselor to the president of the United States, being asked about my husband, who's a tweeter, and and George, the, the tweeter, who's known as Kellyanne Conway's husband, is not being asked about Kellyanne Conway. Well, Okay, listen, listen, I want to say one other thing on this. And we, only have a, we, on, we only have a minute left together anyway. Um, something else that pe- people need to read the book. They'll get the full story. I've read the whole book and I, I enjoyed it. Donald Trump, people need to know, hung with you in this whole issue. You know, like it, it had to be uncomfortable for him, too. But yeah. he was supportive in the face of all of this uh, that we're discussing. 
It's really remarkable, Michael. Um, there were many times that Donald Trump could have just taken me to the Oval Office where I was daily. And said, enough. Money. It's an embarrassment. You know, it's enough. You know, it's embarrassing. Yeah, but also, right. like, I love you. You're part of the political extended family. But right. guess what? I got to work. I got to worry about Putin, not George Conway's tweets. He stuck right. by me. And he always yeah. worried about my kids. And, I, you know, no, I, I was impressed a, by yeah. that. No, I it was, is. He's loyal. Hey, a, caller, He's loyal. a caller before you came on said, make sure you ask her, is she going to be for Trump in the next cycle? Give me your quick answer to that question. It sounds like he's still not. Um, <laughs> That's uh, I'm true. Gonna be, I'm going to be for whoever is running as a Republican nominee to get rid of Biden and Harris, because I think the less time that it takes to have a baby, they destroy the, co- the country. And it makes me sad. I really had high hopes for them to unify, to get to course correct. I mean, COVID is ruining my eighth grade daughter's graduation tomorrow. It's, it's the third school year in a row yeah, that she's had to blows. deal with this stuff. So, All right. I'm only, so I'm only through a fourth of my questions. Until, <laughs> ne- until next time, thank you very much. Thanks, and thanks for recommending the book. Here's the deal. New York Times, number one bestseller. Thank you for reading it, Michael. God bless you. Take care. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.